morning, afternoon, or night, everyone. I'm Verve Coach Gordon, and you are listening to Big Picture You, the podcast where wellness practices and concepts meet practical application and real-life examples. Welcome to my third podcast episode, Create Movement. Thanks for listening and for the great comments on the second episode, Voices from the Community. Got a lot of really good feedback on that one. Uh, it was just kind of nice to hear the stories and what people have in common and what they're doing differently. One individual I talked to didn't feel like speaking up because they thought things weren't that rough for them in a state of semi-retirement and staying home and enjoying the house and things and enjoying each other, he and his spouse. You know, I said, we really want to hear those stories too. So there are some folks out there um, who haven't had it too tough. And so that's kind of nice to hear that some folks have what they need and that they're getting along well and that they've really taken the time to kick back and enjoy some stuff. Remember, you can reach out to me at info at vervecoach.com with any comments, questions, issues, suggestions for interviews or ideas for future programs. Or you can go to my website at www vervecoach.com to get more details on me and what I do, and you can also submit comments from there. It's been a really busy and challenging uh, couple of weeks at the office of the Verve Coach. Um, I've been producing a song called Counting Down for Courage, and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the program, and then I'm going to let the song play all the way through at the end of the broadcast. But now on to Create Movement. Now, let me just start by saying that uh, throughout the series, I'll be sharing some stories and experiences. Some will be funny, some motivational, inspirational, some serious, some scary. But I do hope um, that they're all entertaining and somehow engaging. As I tell clients, both individual and group, I don't tell these stories to be Johnny Cool Guy, but only to provide real-life examples that support my methods and messaging. And this story really has its foundations in moving out of comfort zones. I talk a little bit about my arts and musical background in my book, 11 Energies of the Verve, A Journey of Personal Positivity and Performance of Best Self. And there's some details about that at the end of the show as well. Um, But briefly, I've been in a number of rock, punk, blues bands in various performance capacities, played the drums, played the guitar, uh, fronted bands, and I have some dance background as well. And I'm going to talk about my band experiences. Some of those were fairly wild, some freaky, and again, some scary. I'm in an episode dedicated to only that, and that'll be in a future episode. For this episode, I'm going to start with a story about my audition for the Colorado Ballet, at which time I had no previous ballet experience, or even professional dance experience. So it really was uh, somewhat of a wild scene. Kind of coming back around to the tie-in of uh, the ballet story with uh, rock and roll and the bands and related bad habits, there came a point in my mid-30s when the band era was kind of wearing down for me, and I felt it uh, came a time that I needed to get fit. So I decided first that I would get a bicycle. And uh, of course, being that uh, broke rock and roller, uh, my car was falling apart. So it wasn't really a viable option for conveyance. 
So I decided to get a pretty nice bicycle, and that became my main method of transportation. As a matter of fact, there came a point when I was riding 35 miles one way to dance class, dancing for two to three hours, and riding 35 miles home again. Then I would ride out to my girlfriend's house, my now wife, and she would feed me these delicious multi-course meals. She's from Thailand, so the meals were absolutely outstanding and continue to be outstanding to this day. During our courtship, even though I was riding my bike to the tune of 4,000 miles in just a few years and dancing a lot, I still gained almost 35 pounds. So, very incredible culinary delights. I was also looking for something entertaining, something fun to do. And even though I had fronted bands and things like that, I still wasn't a great dancer. And I was always that guy standing on the sidelines at all the parties and weddings and clubs, just kind of standing there with a beverage in my hand and uh, tapping my foot. I took hip hop, modern, and jazz. And even though I was a bit older than most of the students and actually uh, quite a few of the instructors, they were still quite warm and welcoming to me and helped me out a lot. And one of the instructors was the one who suggested I audition for the Colorado Ballet. So I was biking and dancing my brains out. And as I mentioned earlier, one of my instructors approached me and suggested I audition for the Colorado Ballet. They were going to be doing a version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And as it turns out, this version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame was a very special one. It was brought to the States for the North American debut to the Colorado Ballet by the famous choreographer Taneo Ishida. And he was one of Japan's most famous ballet and modern choreographers. This was all part of a documentary they were shooting, and a film crew traveled with them for four weeks and filmed the creation of the show and the performances and things like that, and it was just an amazing experience. But uh, the audition was a very interesting situation. So I decided, yes, I would audition for The Hunchback at Notre Dame and go in front of this choreographer. I don't know what possessed me. I guess I thought that since I was taking those other disciplines of dance, that ballet would not be that big of a deal. Well, as I gained more experience and actually took lessons later on, I realized that, yes, ballet is a very big deal. It takes a lot of physical discipline, and it takes dedication and a lot of education, none of which did I have, but I certainly had the drive and desire And I really believed in middle age that I could forge a career in dance. And I did have some theater experience prior to that. So I thought it'd be a logical expansion. I went to the audition and I rode my bike. So I got there pretty sweaty. And when I biked, I wore jean shorts, a t-shirt, of course, the big helmet, backpack, uh, my chucks, my high tops, of course. And uh, I walk in And there's probably about 15 male dancers, some pretty serious students, and some semi-professionals as well. I uh, walked over to the piano, and I began to unburden myself of all my uh, accoutrement, if you will. I had keys in my pockets, put them on the piano, made some clatter, the backpack, the helmet. I had a do-rag bandana on under the helmet. It had to be untied. It was all nasty, sweaty. 
had to uh, remove my chucks and my belts and a number of things. And I was, so I was getting some eyeballs and stuff. And uh, so I did all that. And, you know, I was trying to be graceful and quiet, but uh, being somewhat untrained, I wasn't quite making the mark. So there were about uh, three or four dancers ahead of me. And when uh, the choreographer put on music, they would dance, I guess what you would call traditional mainstream type dance routines, ballet routines. Very awesome. Very cool stuff. And then it came to my turn. And when I got in front of the choreographer, all he said was, create movement and turned on the music. It was a very almost avant-garde-ish kind of music, uh, dissimilar to what the other dancers had been dancing. I don't know if the choreographer saw something in me in my uh, clumsiness and excess. I'm not really sure what was going on there. But uh, he said, create movement. And I really just closed my eyes and started throwing myself around the room. I couldn't name a move or a position or anything. Um, I don't remember much of it, actually. All I remember is when the music ended, somehow I ended up on one knee with my arms outstretched. And when I opened my eyes, I was right in front of the choreographer looking right into his face. I guess that was a uh, pretty fortunate position to end in. But as you can imagine, I felt fairly dismal. Um, again, I don't know what possessed me to go to the audition in the first place, but uh, and I packed up my stuff and tried to save face, and I was uh, eyeballed again as I strapped on my fanny pack and my do-rag and my helmet and hopped on my bicycle and rode away. Well, a few days later, I get a call, and uh, it turns out I got the best non-company part in the entire show, the part of the high priest. And for me, it was a huge deal. And I guess it was just because I jumped out of my comfort zone and I basically said, heck with it, I'm here. I'm going to do what I can do. So basically what I can control, I could not control anything else going on there really, um, but I could kind of control my body as I flailed about. The experience was absolutely amazing. And I've always felt so honored that I was able to be cast in the show and be able to work side by side with that particular choreographer and all those fine dancers. The rehearsal process was pretty light for me, so I got to spend a lot of time on the sidelines and in the first few rows watching excellent professional dancers and learning maybe not as much ballet because I don't think I could um, absorb that much at that point and then be able to get educated in it, but really absorbing a lot about professionalism, dedication, and commitment. So a truly enlightening experience, playing very large theaters to sold-out crowds and really being in the limelight. If uh, folks mentioned the 15 minutes of fame, that would have had to have been my uh, 15 plus 15 plus 15 Plus 15, who knows how many plus 15s that might have been for me. Once again, I don't tell you these stories to be Johnny Cool Guy. I tell these stories just to provide some real-life examples that may be fun and interesting and might prompt some folks to contact me and tell their stories 
and maybe we'll come across some things we can expand on. Maybe we can have some interviews and some nice back and forth. Feel free to reach out to me at gordon at vervecoach.com. So how this story is relative to my big picture, um, well, it is in a number of ways in the sense, first, that it expanded my network greatly. It also showed me some different directions and uh, modeled some things for me that I had not experienced before. This all really went a long way toward bringing me off the sidelines. I could dance at public functions, weddings and such, because of my other dance lessons and the level of confidence that was built with the Colorado Ballet being on stage in front of thousands of people. When folks say you can't buy that kind of experience, that's what they're talking about, something like that. So very valuable to me now, especially uh, being a speaker and being in front of people a lot and doing the podcast. In the bigger picture, I think everyone involved uh, was that much richer for the experience from the sound and lighting techs to wardrobers to dancers and extras, not to mention the audience, including multiple and more and more diverse generations. It was also an amazing example of teamwork and ensemble work, the way everyone came together, um, taking notes at the end late at night after rehearsals, um, being side by side through all of it, and uh, being able to be there to support uh, the people with the larger roles was quite a lesson and to remain humble in that aspect. You know, we don't always abide the ripple effect of our actions and how all things are, in my opinion and my belief, interdependent. Through the Colorado Ballet, I was able to treat a young cancer victim to a show and a backstage visit, as well as pictures on stage with some of the stars from the show. She actually became a cancer survivor, which is absolutely awesome, but the ability to treat her at that time to such a very special thing, and that was just growing out of the Colorado Ballet, which kind of grew out of my own desire to get out there to be seen and recognized. I'm not going to say that I haven't had my moments of big ego and times when look at me, look at me was the most important thing on my agenda, especially as a young person. But in the end, this was a huge growing experience for me. Now, eventually my uh, dance career led me to a part in a modern dance show playing the tale of the worm. The audition was to act out a frying piece of bacon And I think I did that fairly admirably, like the ballet, and having no experience as a ballet dancer, I also had no experience as a frying piece of bacon. So I think I was able to pull together all my improvisational skills. Um, It must have worked out okay because I did get the part of the tail. If I had fried a little more effectively, I probably would have moved farther up the worm. But uh, that was kind of the end of the uh, dance career in the dance era. Um, Still, the whole time was absolutely amazing and riding the bicycle and, of course, led to the courtship of my wife and uh, happily ever after, and I do mean that sincerely. Moving out of comfort zones and taking risks can really lead us to mustering up greater levels of courage and to create movement, forward movement, takes courage. So be courageous every day, both for yourself and those that you influence. One of the best ways to influence positively 
is to model positively and to model courageously is the best way to inspire courage, which is energy of the verb number 11, courage. Now, of course, we always have to remember our personal safety when we are risk-taking. That kind of brings me back to mention the song I've been working on, Counting Down to Courage. And I've done a lot of this over the last decade. We'll get a little more into the song shortly here. But um, my belief is that levels of courage are relative to the level of perceived threat or adversity and how badly you wish to achieve a goal or in the bigger picture, achieve your mission and vision. And remember, always protect your personal safety when risk taking. As we move forward through the Big Picture You podcast series, I will mention the 11 energies of the verb from time to time. But we're going to kind of mix and match throughout and again, just kind of relate things to conversation and our experiences together. So in this episode, we kind of focused on the 10th energy, which is courage. And that brings me back around to mentioning counting down to courage. I'll talk about the ideas and notions behind that song in just a few minutes and then uh, let the whole song play through at the end of this episode. Don't forget to check out my book, 11 Energies of the Verve, A Journey of Personal Positivity and Performance of Best Self. Be sure to get the second issue. It has a big 11 graphic on the front of it. The issue with the hand holding the sun is now out of print, so it shouldn't even be available out there. There is a lot of self-wellness and motivational content in the book, some pretty cool and dynamic photos and graphics, suggested wellness activities and routines that are based on some of the stuff that I do. There is a really fun activity on my website, www.vervecoach.com. It is an energy revelation tool, and you can see the instructions there at either of those locations, and it will tell you how to fill out this revelation tool, send it in to me. I do a little scoring and assessment, send it back to you, and you can get a little idea of how to gauge some of your own dynamics within uh, these various energies. Along those lines, I am offering free coaching mini sessions. Now, these are about 15 to 20 minute sessions where we can just get some motivation going, get a little uplift. I can do some cheerleading. We can just talk about some general stuff and how you may be feeling about what we've been through and also what is coming up next steps as we reopen from the pandemic of 2020. So feel free to reach out to me at Gordon at vervecoach.com, and we'll get you scheduled for one of those. And one more thing before I forget, our next episode in two weeks will be dedicated to Mother's Day and Moms, so I'll be soliciting for some comments, stories, memories on that. So be sure to tune in, and again, we can check out uh, what we all have in common and also how we do things a little bit differently than one another. Before I talk about Countdown to Courage and introduce that song, I'm just going to finish up with business so that song can play us out of the episode. Um, So I'm just going to say my thanks now. Thank you so much for listening and contributing to Big Picture You. And don't forget to reach out to me with comments, questions, episode ideas, suggestions for interviewees at gordon at vervecoach.com. I'm going to give my sign-off, kindness, 
is beautiful. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about Countdown for Courage. And that song will play us out through the end of the episode. So the song, Countdown for Courage, released on May Day. Very exciting day that was. Lots of promo reached out to a lot of folks. This is a really fun song for kids and families to join in. And together we muster up higher levels of courage. The song is mostly designed for children. There's plenty of cool stuff for grown-ups too. And it really provides a great opportunity for an indoor family activity with the kids. Listen, sing along, laugh, clap, count along with this very special song about building up courage as we begin the reopening of society from the pandemic of 2020. Now, there's nothing heavy in this song, just fun and happiness and joy. And you can also find it at soundcloud.com under Gordon Tunes. Be well, my friends. One, two, three, four. Counting down, counting down for courage.
that at first you were afraid to do But once you counted down to courage Something wonderful happened to you Countdown four down.